You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that's recognizing a really big equestrian upset that happened this past weekend. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Meet Recaps. On Friday, we have some uh, three-team meets that we want to talk about. We had Bridgewater College at Sweetbriar. So, this one, uh, we're going to start off right here with a shocker. Uh, this was number one, Sweetbriar. They had not lost to another single-discipline team in over two years. They got upset by Bridgewater College on Friday. Both teams took a pair of points and fences, but it was the Eagles who got the advantage on the flat, winning 3-1 to one in that event, and that meant it was 5-3 to three overall. Now, this was a 4-on-4 meet, which, as you may know, it, that favors the underdog, but still, this was big. Very unexpected. Big win for the Eagles. Next, we have some dual discipline teams, Texas A&M at UT Martin. So, uh, Texas A&M is on the road here. They actually led this one early with a 5 nothing sweep in horsemanship, and uh, then they lost uh, fences 2-3. to three. So, the halftime score was 7-3 to three for A&M, and in the second half, the Aggies jumping seat squad rebounded. They won flat 4-1. to one which made up for reigning, uh, losing 1-4. to four. So, if you're having trouble keeping up with all those numbers, basically Texas A&M won 12-8. It was kind of close, but, you know, that's not unexpected in a road meet these days. Then we had Lynchburg riding against UT Martin in a jumping seat-only meet. Um, I thought Lynchburg would keep it close, but they really did not. Uh, the Skyhawks took four points in each event, and they won the whole meet 8-2. to two. Now, we're going to go over to Saturday, Sacred Heart at Sweetbriar. So, we're kind of wondering, you know, this was a a big upset for the Vixens. How would they do? Would they bounce back? Well, they did pretty well. They won fences 2-1, and then they won the flat 3-1. So, this was a good bounce back win for them. I think the rest of the season is going to be very interesting to see if Sweetbriar can now overtake Bridgewater. Um, And the two are not scheduled to meet again this season, I don't think. so. We'll see how that goes. Now, next meet we want to talk about is Sacred Heart riding against Bridgewater. So, I didn't know very much about Bridgewater coming into this, and I figured this was going to be really close and that Sacred Heart would win. But no, it did not happen that way. The Eagles did the same thing to Sacred Heart that they did to Sweetbriar. They tied fences 2-all, to all and they won flat 3-1, to one, making the final score, again, 5-3 to three in favor of the Eagles. Now, let's look over at uh, another jumping seat only, but this one is Texas A&M versus Lynchburg. This was a single discipline. Um, uh, Aggies would continue their winning ways, basically. They swept fences five to nothing, and then they took three uh, points on flat, and uh, Lynchburg got two there, and that made the final score eight to two in favor of Texas A&M. That's kind of expected. Then we had our uh, last big dual uh, discipline meet, And it was between South Carolina going down to Georgia. So, this was the final meet of the weekend. I really didn't hold out a lot of hope that uh, the Gamecocks could upset the Bulldogs. And that was probably wise. Georgia jumped out to a really good lead. They won fences and horsemanship 4-1 to each. And that made it a big whopping uh, 8-2 to halftime lead. Things got a tiny bit better in the second half for the Gamecocks. Um... Georgia won the flat 4-1, to one, but in reigning, you know, Georgia only won that one 3-1 to one, uh, due to a tie between Georgia's Lindsey Guin and uh, South Carolina's Sloan Voigt. So, hey, you know, the Gamecocks, they got to celebrate the little victories when they get them. 
Um, so now they're 0-6 on the year. This was the final meet for both of the teams here in the fall. So they're on winter break now. And speaking of breaks, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then jump back in with some meet previews of next week's action. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support whether you decide to join or not we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our e2c network family well that's it timeouts over let's get back into the episode and now meet previews Okay, so now let's look at this coming week's action and see how these look um now, I do this every episode these days. I'm going to give you a wake-up call to any of the listeners that are fans of the following teams. Auburn, Texas A&M, South Dakota State, Delaware State, Baylor, Fresno State, SMU, UC Davis, and Sweetbriar. If you are a fan of one of those teams, your team has a meet this weekend, so plan accordingly. So, here are the quick previews of how those competitions are going to look. First, on Thursday, we have Auburn at Texas A&M. This meet is going to determine the number one and number two spots in the uh, SEC standings for the fall. Both of these teams have beaten South Carolina and Georgia, so the winner of this is going to be in the driver's seat going into the spring. Auburn is probably the nation's best fencing squad right now, and I'd say that Texas A&M has a decent fencing squad. They got three points from their common opponent, Georgia. Um, but only scored one against South Carolina. For comparison, Auburn's fencing team took four points from the Bulldogs and three points from the Gamecocks. So I expect Auburn to get at least three points in fences. Over in horsemanship, Texas A&M has been very impressive, taking four points in in this event against both of uh, their two uh, previous SEC opponents, while Auburn has been good, but not quite as stellar. They took four points uh, from Carolina in horsemanship, and they only took two from Georgia. So I think this event will be close, with the Aggies probably taking maybe three points here. Now, over on the flat, uh, I think both teams have shown a lot of inconsistency, but A&M seems to be riding well in this event. Um, but I, I, think, I think both teams will probably get two points, and maybe that fifth point in this event will be a tie. And that just leaves reigning, which is probably both teams' worst event right now. Each team won the majority of reigning points from Georgia, but each team lost the majority to South Carolina. 
So here again, I think we may see a 2-2 two to two split in points uh, and a no-point tie in that fifth one. And if all this comes true, that would mean it ends up in a 9-9 tie. And I'll just go ahead and say that Auburn would win in a tiebreaker. So basically, this looks to be a very close meet. Then, over on the next day, Friday, we have South Dakota State at Delaware State. The Jackrabbits uh, go on the road to Delaware State, and I think this one is probably going to go to the home team. Both squads are right around the same caliber, but I'm going to go with the home standing Hornets by two or three points here. Then uh, we have Auburn at Baylor. Both of these teams have a common opponent that we can look at, uh, Oklahoma State, and we can get a little bit of insight maybe going into this matchup. Both teams took a majority of fences points from the Cowgirls, with Auburn getting four and Baylor getting three. So I imagine Auburn should get about three points in this event against the Bears, maybe even more. In horsemanship, Auburn probably has a slight edge here too. They have taken uh, three points from OSU while the Bears gave up three and only took two in their meet with the Cowgirls. So I think Auburn will probably get three points here as well. Now, on the flat. The team seemed pretty evenly matched. Uh, The flat has actually become a very difficult event to forecast this season. So I'm just going to say that both teams will get two points and we'll call the remaining point a tie. Then, in the final event, reigning. I think Baylor has the advantage over Auburn. The Bears drew Oklahoma 2-2 in this event uh, when they faced them, and Auburn got blasted in their trip 1-4. So uh, here I'm going to say that Baylor gets three points from Auburn. So when you total all that up, I think we're going to see something like a 9-10 victory for Auburn. Uh, And again, this is going to be another close one. Moving right along, we're going to look at Fresno State at SMU. This is also on Friday. Uh, Fresno State goes down to uh, Dallas, and they're going to do a non-conference meet against the Mustangs. I have these two teams right next to each other in the official Auburn Elvis College Equestrian rankings, so I think it will be close. But I think the home team, SMU, is going to get the victory by one or two points on Friday. Next, we have South Dakota State against UC Davis in Delaware. So, big road trip for both of these teams. This should be a real good meet. I have UT Martin at number 9 and the Jackrabbits at number 10, so this looks to be another close meet. And with no home team, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say UT Martin gets a very close win here. On to the next day, Saturday. We have Fresno State at Baylor. I think Baylor will do well here against their Big 12 foe. Um, The Bears have looked really strong this year, while Fresno State started out strong to open up the fall, but has really come back down to earth recently. I like the homestanding Bears by about four or five points, and uh, and that's, again, assuming this is a five-on-five meet. Sometimes they don't do that in the Big 12, so we'll just see what happens. Now, later that day, UC Davis faces Delaware State. This is a chance for the Aggies to possibly get back into the rankings by beating a team that is not too far above them. I haven't picked a lot of home losses, and I don't think I'm going to do that here either. Um, I like the Hornets by one or two points here. Then, on Sunday, we're going to finish off the weekend with South Dakota State at Sweetbriar in a jump-and-seat-only meet. South Dakota State has had a series of really good showings in these events lately, and I think that's going to continue. So, if you were looking for another prediction of a home team losing, well, here is one. I think the Jackrabbits will grab a close victory over the Vixens. So, those are the previews for this weekend's meets. Closing Thoughts So, I want to take some extra time and go back to that stunning Bridgewater upset of Sweetbriar this past weekend. 
The more I looked into it, the more I am intrigued by this story. Two years ago, Bridgewater had to make a bunch of financial uh, changes, cutting some programs, getting rid of some professors and stuff, and just lots of things you never like to see. Well, in that, they also had a decision by the board of directors to sell their equestrian facility, which up until then was used for their IHSA program. Now, they didn't even have an NCA team at this point. And one of the things the board decided to do was sell that facility, rehome a lot of the horses, and switch the equestrian program over from being a club sport into an NCEA varsity team. Now, as you can expect, this decision was not popular with a lot of folks. Uh, Bridgewater had never had an NCA team, and so a lot of folks were questioning, well, how good are we going to do against some of these other programs? Because we're switching from a program where we've basically just been doing club sports and we've been servicing all these riders of different skill levels. And we're going to go down to a smaller program that's just the elite female riders. And they're like, is this really a good idea? And I'm sure there was a lot of pain and, you know, discussion on both sides of this issue. And I've read a lot of the writing that people were doing at that time where a lot of people questioned whether a school like Bridgewater could even compete on a national level. So that's why I think it's really cool that they just beat the number one single discipline team in the country on their very first try. They went from being, uh, you know, having legitimate questions of whether the NCA team should even exist to notching the most impressive single discipline win of the season so far. So good job, Eagles, and to their coach, Jerry Sherink. Um, also, you know, I just like the storylines that these kind of meets uh, produce. Because again, you know, I'm coming into this and I'm not really a horse person that's into that part of it. I like the competition and all the, the different narratives and the stories that are behind all of this. So, you know, we've been seeing Sweetbriar kind of dominate the single discipline world for a couple of years now. And so that's, you know, now going to shift maybe. So there's now another team. So that's their story changing, and then we've got Bridgewater, this team that we've never heard of. Now they're, boom, exploding onto the scene, and that's their new story. And then you even have teams like Lynchburg, who, you know, they've been the perennial runners-up to Sweetbriar. They've been trying and trying for years to get a win against them, and they haven't been able to do it. And then here's this young team coming out of nowhere and getting success that Lynchburg hadn't had. So, again, now Lynchburg's story has sort of shifted and changed. So, I think it's just really cool how all of this is is, uh, changing. And this is the part that I just love about all of it. Um, Oh, yeah. Also, with Bridgewater, the board, after they made that decision, the IHSA team was able to work out an agreement with one of their local stables and keep on riding as a club sport. It's just not part of a school-owned facility. So the college still does have writing opportunities for students at the various skill levels. So thought I would mention that just to keep you all up on that. Well, that is all for this episode of War Horses. Y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram for meet matchups and breakdowns. And oh, oh, all you folks who follow me on Twitter and that y'all only care about equestrian, I really appreciate how y'all ignore all my other non-equestrian stuff that I tweet about. Like, you know, everybody, I, I have multiple interests, so you can basically just ignore my musings about other sports and hobbies like Dungeons & Dragons. If you are in this just for my stellar college equestrian coverage, that is okay with me. And with that, I will sign off. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Oh, thank you very much for listening. War Horses, y'all.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.